0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the 12th Row Podcast. I'm your host Josh Baskin and as always I am joined by a man who got a, a nice little vacation last week. Will, how was your vacation? It's It's been a week or so. How have you been?
1: Yeah, yeah. 70 degrees and sunny was pretty, pretty awful, man. So I heard you guys got a bunch of snow and uh, yeah, I didn't miss it. So flight back was great. COVID implications didn't restrict us too much but yeah it was good to get away for a minute. Glad to be back.
0: yeah, I wish I was able to go get some nice weather uh or as you would say awful weather uh, <laughs> but that's uh, vacations for another day as you know we've got the new year coming up um you know lately we've been a very themed podcast with Christmas and Thanksgiving uh so we've decided to carry that along to the new year uh will and I have decided to pick ten things. Uh, that we thought were the most important or our favorite things you could say uh, from 2020. Uh, Not that there were many great ones this year, as it was a pretty uh, bad year to say the least, Will, Uh, but we have have 10 uh, main points or 10 things, like I said, that we thought were uh, the favorite or most important of 2020. And after that... Uh, we just have a bunch of smaller topics or round table discussions as Will would like to say that, you know, we didn't really talk about this year or stuff we want to talk about that happened this year that maybe aren't necessarily in our top 10, but, uh, a good way to wrap up 2020. I think, uh, you would agree, Will, um, once again, Will coming in with the, uh, the idea with, <laughs> uh, with, you seem to once again, have a theme here with Will getting the, uh, the ideas, um. But no we I'm really excited about this week's episode Will uh, like you said you missed uh, last week so we're going to have a nice long episode here um, Will if you're ready to dive into to our top 10 things of 2020 I'm I'm ready as well So yeah let's
1: let's get after it and uh you know we'll go along with a the theme of pretty much everybody in in the world at the end of the year it's time for reflection so let's see how we can <laughs> so we can fit into a podcast <laughs> yeah some
0: uh, some reflection uh, may not be uh good here from will and i right. as, as we may have some similar topics uh once again uh if if there's something in my main topic that will might have in his smaller topic or roundtable discussion uh we'll we'll move it on to after our main topic and we'll we'll kind of digest more into that um so will uh in no particular order as well may i add uh I'll start with one that I think we're both going to have, but don't want to really put in our top 10, is Liverpool winning a Premier League title in 2020. Uh, I really don't want to talk too much about it. Is there anything you want to discuss about it?
1: Uh, it's just crazy, man. It's the first time they've won in 30 years. I mean, we weren't born. Um, right. So it's definitely a different culture from the last time they won it. So, you know, we hate them, but... You know, it brings, brings a little bit more sauce to the to the rivalry. So
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, a team that, uh, unfortunately for us to say, has reached a new height in Premier League football. And, you know, that's something for not only our Manchester United to chase, but, you know, it sets a high standard for where we are in football now. And I think that's something, you know, as much as we do hate Liverpool, it is something good to see <clears throat> that the game is, is clearly advancing in a good direction. And, you know, even though it was a bit of a blowout, you know, like I said, a a real crazy feat to get, you know, the second most points ever without winning the league the the year before and then finally pulling it off last year. But like I said, once again, Will and I not in our top 10, kind of uh, an honorable mention in the top 10, but one that we definitely had to put in there. So now I will start with my top 10. Uh, Will, At number 10, uh, I have that Cinderella teams are continuing or starting to make better runs uh, in the Champions League and Europa League. Um, You kind of saw Ajax make that run in 2019 when they got to the semifinal and almost could have made it to the final if it wasn't for Lucas Moura's hat trick at Ajax away. But you've seen it, like I said, with Ajax then taking down Real Madrid in the process there and Juventus. And you've seen it with teams like Atalanta coming in this past year and even continuing now strong on the champions league we see teams like Shakhtar Donetsk and Gladbach this year both kind of smaller teams uh but uh when it comes to the champions league but they've now uh, you know shown that they can compete at high levels against these uh, Real Madrid's Inter Milan's and things like that so at number 10 will I have that you know smaller teams and Cinderella teams we're starting to see an emergence and I like to see that uh those underdog teams make the runs in big tournaments even though one of them, unfortunately, uh, RB Leipzig uh, knocking out Manchester United.
1: Yeah, that, that's a good shout. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with the um, sh- kind of shift in nature of, of academy products. And, yeah. you know, some of these smaller clubs are, are really s- expanding their youth academies like never before. So it's given the little fish a little bit more to feed on. So mm-hmm. I think it's really awesome that these teams are coming up and give us a new team, a new logo, a new badge, new city to know about. Um, so yeah, uh, good shout. I'm going to jump in and, and with yeah, my we'll, number oh, 10. yeah,
0: yeah we'll alternate. You will go to your number 10.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll jump in with mine and I'll say a, a big thing that happened was Euro 2020 being postponed. Um, I think a lot of us forget that we were supposed to have a great tournament this year with the likes of France, Germany, um, England was on fire, you know. Spain had, kind of, and
0: Italy having their resurgence.
1: Yeah, these, and the these teams, yep, the, the Dutch were, were relevant again. Um, so I think that was a big hit um, for international football for these teams to come into a, a flow uh, off of, you know, a relatively good World Cup. So I don't know. I just kind of put that out there as something that happened that we can't forget. That's yeah. that a, big, a big shake
0: yeah most definitely and and I'll move into my number nine here, which will tie in right with tie right in with that and i I kind of should have mentioned it number one football is back, you know sports uh, around the world are back, and that's something that for a while we didn't know if we'd see this year and that's something that we're obviously very thankful for, as you know, like I said, this year's obviously been not the best. But tying in with what you're saying, and, and no Europa League, everything being delayed, well, I, I'm happy to see that football's back, the Premier League's back. We're starting to see fans at the games now. Uh, I love yep. it when I love it when I I'm, when, I'm, when I'm watching the games, and you know they're like there's no, uh, you know, fake crowd noise, you know, all real crowd noise, and you can see even with 2,000 fans, you know, at Selhurst Park at Crystal Palace, I mean they were rocking there. You can hear them, uh, e- even at you know bigger stadiums. Um, I can't. I've seen so many stadiums that I, I don't remember who and who doesn't have fans. I've seen Southampton right. have fans, and for a team like them in third, fourth, or you know, top of the table or close to it, that's huge for teams like that. And it's awesome to see that you know we're, we're in a position where you know things are starting to almost, uh, you know, hopefully be looking uh, for the better here shortly. Uh, and so, like you said, with no Euro, yeah. we're, I'm happy to see football is back.
1: Yeah, and, and that kind of actually ties into my number nine. My number nine was fake noise, um, <laughs> the the essence of it, because it was kind of an American thing that right. took over from other sports, um, and everybody kind of sat back and and it became the Vuvuzela debate. You know, should they be allowed? Should it be put in? Should it not? Is this just too American? Um, so yeah, that, that's funny because that that is my number nine of just things to realize. Happened in football this year.
0: Yeah, that's. I'll 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 put my number eight. It seems like we're all tying into one another here, even though they're not technically the same. I'll move on with with that as well, with the fake crowd noise and the stadiums. Number eight, I have VAR. I mean, talk about talk about a horrible year for VAR. I mean, the amount of talk I've heard about VAR now is just crazy. And here's my thing, Will. You know first it was with lampard in the 2010 world cup against germany and goal line technology and we asked for it and we got it and 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 yes that is a little more black and white does the ball go over the line or not uh, with with var you know we were asking for the offside rule to be fixed and i'm going to be a little picky here and, and uh, people might not be the biggest fan of me here but even, when when the when they go to the var and they do the offside with the little lines and it's you know, half of someone's armpit is offsides. Uh, I'm going to hate to tell you, Will, but it's offside. You know, if if that was your team that you were supporting and it happened against you, you'd say the exact same thing in that right. you, he's offside. If, if you know, with Liverpool versus Everton this year with Sadio Mane and Jordan Henderson, or or even James Madison against Tottenham at the weekend last week, when, yep. he, when he was literally a shoelace offside. We asked for there to be clear cut yes and no answers, and that's what we're getting. And I'm sick and tired of hearing about it. We asked for it, we got it, it is what it is, and it's here to stay. Uh, and and I that's pretty much it. And it's been a real controversy this year,
1: yeah. I'll I'll kind of play devil's advocate on it because you know, there's plenty of room to play on that. Oh,
0: most definitely, most definitely. But you know, that like I said, that's. We asked for it, we got it, and we're complaining about it too much, right. in my opinion.
1: I, I think my complaint is not about the, the actual technology. It's my complaints about the rule. When offsides was made and, you know, a true linesman, unbiased, you know, take all that out of the play, if you're in doubt, you let the attacker have the advantage. Correct. I feel like that's a legit part of the rule that has now been axed. Um, Whether it's a shoelace, a armpit, whether it's a handball, it's, you know, two inches too far away from your hand or from your body, whether it's whatever the case is, there's no longer an advantage. I think it kind of was played into those rules. Um, And I think it's becoming something that we look to as really cut and dry. And really, it's from scenario to scenario. It's not cut and dry across the board in relation to to another instance. So I think that's where I have an issue with it, where it's still just as subjective as before. So
0: maybe, it, like like you're saying, technology. It's not necessarily the actual fact of having VAR. It's just that, would, like you're saying, the the rule of whatever is being yes. addressed is inconsistent.
1: And, and what I, what we grew up with, right? When when we were playing pee wee soccer and the linesman didn't know what it was, well, he took you're a guess. On. You know, he's on. Yeah. Right. So that's just what what I grew up with. That's what I'm gonna, you know, probably. Dai yeah, and and, because... and and
0: I I hate to, to say it as well for myself here, but like the only thing that that I kind of go that goes against my my opinion is that it does in my opinion have a a decent effect on the flow of the game. It does, um, and and I think that's something that is is hurting the game. Is teams thrive on that two to five minute momentum spark where? If it's you know an FA Cup game between you know Rotherham and, and you know Arsenal or whatever, for example, you know that that two to five minutes that Rotherham has possession all game can be the game changer for them. Uh, but you know they go and score, but you know VAR calls back you know from from a minute and a half ago for for a handball in the box or something like that. You know, so uh, right. I definitely understand it from that point. But I don't want to talk about VAR anymore because that's negative. <laughs> Um, what is your number eight, or is are we moving on to your number seven?
1: Um. So yeah, sorry. This would be my number eight. Okay. Um. Uh, nine. Nine was my number nine was fake noise. Um. So I'm gonna jump into, or no, sorry.
0: Yeah, number eight, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. So I'm gonna jump into something that kind of ties into my, my Euro discussion. It's Scotland's qualification. First time and first time since 1998, they've qualified for a major tournament. Um, I think that is massive uh, going into the next few years of their development with the likes of a young squad of McTominay, Billy Gilmore, Robertson, Tierney. Like these are this is a, a legit team now. Mm-hmm. Um, they have top-notch players, and I think that kind of development and qualification is a really big step um, that I'm looking forward to seeing in the now postponed. <laughs> international tournaments so
0: yeah i th- that's a really good shout and and i know we had our little euro breakdown a few episodes ago looking forward to this upcoming year um and and they're like that underdog you know no one can hate them sort of team and i think they're a really good story uh you know a team like that it's kind of like the egypt of the world cup where they're they're on the brink of elimination. And, you know, Sala saves them. Kind of the same, you know, story. First time, like you said, qualifying for a major tournament. And and a real good feeling around that. And and, and like you said, too, the big thing is that they have quality players now. McTominay, John McGinn, some other guys to mention there, like you said. Yep. So, uh, a good a good core and a good future, you could say, for Scotland, I think. Because, um, you know, the a, the a lot of their guys and their core guys, they are younger guys. Um, which is good. So... I'll move on to number seven. Um, kind of like your Scotland pick. I actually have the crew winning the MLS Cup this year. Uh crew, we, we really haven't talked about the MLS at all this year, which is somewhat fair. Um <laughs> but you know, the the crew uh first time winning since two thousand eight. Uh you're a Columbus uh native will. So yes, I sir. know I know you felt very good about this. Um It's actually uh, my number
1: four on the list.
0: There you go. So, it's high uh, up there. There you go. I'm I'm happy to see it on the list. Um, and, and I'm looking at the bracket here, Will. I mean, just just pretty much quality all around. I mean, 3-2 against Red Bulls, 2-0 against Nashville, and 1-0 against New England. And then you go 3-0 up in the in the final against a very strong Seattle team. I watched Seattle's game against Minnesota, and I also watched Minnesota's game against Sporting because both of those games were crazy, crazy good. And I, I going into the game, Will, I, I honestly had Seattle winning 3-1 unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But uh, Lucas Zelarion, the Argentinian midfielder, just, I mean, what a performance, man. I know we kind of talked about him before before the pod on pre- on multiple occasions um, and how good of a player he looked. I know you talked about Jassi Zardes and your uh, pick two weeks ago for your Christmas uh, wish list. Yep. Uh, Darlington Nagby played at St. Ed's right near me in 2007, played for Internationals Academy. Um so a, a, a lot of ties there with the crew, uh, as like we said, we're both, well, Columbus native, me, a Cleveland native. So, uh, very happy to see that. Do you have anything else to add on the crew?
1: Um, I just think it rolls into a really good year, um, with the new stadium. Um,
0: oh yeah, most definitely. And for, for the fact that they were about to leave Columbus the yep. past two years
1: after that Austin debacle, the, the club rallies together, the community rallies together, um, the new part owners rally together and put up a. Haslam's
0: owner of the Browns finally won something.
1: Yep, put up a good team or, and yeah, and I believe
0: I don't know Warren learner, I don't know.
1: And they bring in the momentum. And uh, another tie is you know the consulting and engineering firm that I work for helped do pieces of the the site for the stadium. So That's sweet, dude. I didn't really know cool, that.
0: Well, there you go. More fun yeah. facts. That's awesome. Yep. Well. No wonder why it's so high up on your list. I'm sorry, I feel bad for only <laughs> having it at number seven and you have it up at number four.
1: So yeah, it was a good shout.
0: <laughs> what is what is your number seven?
1: So my number seven is actually Robert Lewandowski's form. Not not just his goals, not just his titles that he's won. The absolute blistering form that he has shown the world in a very competitive league. We see the Bundesliga every year. Is kind of the last one to separate itself out into clear definitions of of places. Um, yes. Like France, second week PSGs won the title. Um, England last year, Liverpool won the title in five weeks. You know, like Germany was neck and neck until probably the last three. Um, I think He's it's going right. to be the same this year. But just the the extreme output that Lewandowski has. Um, and has had this calendar year, and even back just slightly into twenty nineteen, we'll dip into the start of the season. Thirty four goals and thirty one games in nineteen twenty season led them to the Champions League um, after the firing of their coach. Like there's so much <laughs> turmoil around Christmas time, um, and, and they and they do great on his leadership on his on his shoulders of of all the goals he was able to bag in.
0: Yeah, he's he's my number. Seven or he's like my number. He's he's number he's my number eight on the list. Um, mm-hmm. But I put VAR there instead, uh, and and I'm happy I did because I have Robert Lewandowski Player of the Year down as well. Um, mm-hmm. So Tyne and as you mentioned with his form, I mean we're, we're we're in an era will where you know we're starting to see the the dip of Ronaldo and Messi, and we'll we'll talk about them later because I I will mention them soon uh but but without getting too much into it but when we look at the voting with between Lewandowski Ronaldo and Messi I've never seen anything like this in my life because not only have Ronaldo and Messi been one and two two three you know very close to the number one as in Luka Modric over the past what since 07 uh, when yeah, when when like kaka won it really. exactly yeah. Yeah, so kaka won it 07 and ever since modric in uh, 18 it was uh, always ronaldo and messi now um this this is a blowout will mm-hmm. and and, mm-hmm. and it's astonishing uh point wise total uh, lewandowski 52 ronaldo 38 messi 35 i mean th- those are numbers that you know, Lewandowski, I mean, he's not a young guy either. I mean, he's 31, 32 years old. I mean, he's he's up there with Ronaldo and Messi technically, but it seems like he's he can almost be in this category for, you know, uh, top goal scorers of the decade, uh, pretty much solidifying him as that number three guy, mm-hmm. I think you could say here with, with this performance when it comes to just strikers and attackers. Uh, I think he beats out Ian Robin from his 2014-15 form. He beats out Ribery in his 13-14 form. He beats out Falcao in his 12 form. He beats out Ibra in his 15 form. I mean, he's he's definitely, I think, in that, that number three guy, and I think this solidifies it.
1: Yeah, I, I will say the only one who could probably touch him would be Neymar. You know, I, I don't know about the longevity and doing it over multiple years. Yeah, but years. but
0: I'm talking about just, just pure, out, pure output. You know, yeah. Neymar's obviously right. going to get the headline everywhere you look, and he'll get votes most definitely. He got votes this year, right. of course, but I mean, for I mean consistency after I mean year after year after year, you don't see him go down injured for for more than maybe a week, two weeks. Right. I mean, if I'm missing an injury in there, it's very unnoticeable. Clearly that's how good he's been. So uh, on top of your, on top of, like you said, his form this year, and he's still going. I mean, it's not, I mean, there's a little bit of a slowdown, Uh, Bayern are a little, uh, you know, slipping up a little bit. And by that, I mean, just losing a game or two when it won't really matter when it's all said and done. Um, But I mean, he, he's really just been, been crazy to see this year. And I know he had a quote saying he's not necessarily at that round table with Messi and Ronaldo, uh, and I don't think, unfortunately, he will be because that's Pele and Maradona status. Right. Uh, but but he's definitely that tier below, most definitely. Yep. And I, I think he's proved it. So a lot of talk on Lewandowski, um, and and he deserves it. So we'll give him his time. Uh, will, what is your next topic? Is it number so, six? Yeah, that, I believe
1: that'd be my number six. Yeah, it's actually going to be Chelsea's transfer window in the summer, <laughs> not based on who they brought in, but. The fact they spent three hundred million dollars in a summer devastated by an economic crisis.
0: Yep, that is uh that is also on my list at number six. So <laughs> is, we're we're evens there.
1: Uh, it, it is it is astonishing how that club could still do that, and yet you know some of these other clubs, which I'll get into later, are you know struggling to not get points deductions for not meeting salary uh, protocol, like. The gap from top to bottom of wealth in football, as as a world economic item, is insane. Um, yep. So the fact that Abramovich was able to just cash, you know, three hundred million. Now I know they had a lot in the budget because of Hazard and Thibaut Courtois, and, and but
0: they were also on a transfer ban for for a but year. But they were or also two.
1: on on the transfer ban. It, I, all that is is duly noted, but to splash out that kind of cash, right? Right, in that's a summer, what I'm saying. Oh, it is that is astonishing, and I think that's one for the record books to go down and, and look at and be like, wow, that that was yeah, a team that every, meant business.
0: <laughs> everything you said, I, I've pretty much had to say. I just want to kind of touch on a, a few more things with it. We we've seen some some good transfer markets in the Premier League, and, and the one when I think of Chelsea, I think of the Man City with Aguero, David Silva, Yaya Torre. And if you know the fourth, uh, you're crazy. It's uh, Jerome Boateng. Um, yeah. I remember that photo. And, like, I was thinking to myself, like, this this transfer window is not technically better than them yet. I mean, you're talking about the greatest, arguably, international goal scorer of all time next to Henri and Aguero mm-hmm. in the Premier League. Yaya Torre, one of the best midfielders of all time, but he was already established, Uh Boateng, unestablished, they let him go and became established, which is good. Mm -hmm. And David Silva, who needs no explanation as well. But but Kai Havertz is your David Silva, who is in a different age where he was, you know, when David Silva was introduced was when he was at Manchester City, not at the 2010 World Cup. If Kai Havertz were at the World Cup in, in 2022, I mean, he's going to be known by everyone already, and already could be potentially better than David Silva already at that point. So when I look at also Timo Werner, another international striker who's kind of fits yeah. that uh, same as Sergio Aguero build. You look at Ben Chilwell, um, a, a defender who is one of the best in the Premier League already right now, arguably the best left back. Hakim Ziyech, who's like the fourth guy down on this list, arguably the best player in the Eredivisie the past two to three years, yeah. is now on this list. You have Eduard Mendy. You have Malen Saar. You have Thiago Silva, arguably one of the best center backs of the decade. And, and I mean, like you for said, free. Ca- for free. <laughs> for free. And, and when I look at that list, well, I just think, man, the potential that Havertz and Werner can – just them two alone in this mm-hmm. list is, is – I'd say Werner and Havertz, they're they're, they're certified, but what, what they can be is, is Aguero and David Silva levels or above. So, yep. like I said, Raiden – on your bandwagon with Chelsea here, just, and like you said, in a season where no one's even expected to spend money. Yeah. A- a- and talk about and the guys. And nobody wants to sell. Right. And talk about the guys that they loaned out as well. Mitchy Batshuayi to Crystal Palace, Ross Barkley to Aston Villa, and Ruben Loftus-Cheek to Fulham. Like, those are household, you know, football names. Those aren't just, you know, your Victor Moses, uh, your Davide Zappacosta, you, you know, you're Ethan Ampedus, you know these yeah, are you, these are names yeah, that exactly. can wing you Premier League games, so yeah, crazy business from Chelsea, uh and, yeah. and and um we'll move on to our number five then since we're both even if you have me or excuse me if you have my number five will I I really don't know what to say because we're we're pretty <laughs> okay. even here uh, I have one word down and it is Arsenal, um now <laughs> now 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 today makes that a little. Uh, worse on me as they did beat Brighton one nothing, but as a, kind of as I'm saying that, that must mean that they're in a pretty bad place if I'm se- if they're celebrating a one no win over Brighton. No, um, I mean it really just speaks for itself. Will I mean the last two games they've gotten victories, but I mean sheesh, uh, relegation form really yeah. at, at Arsenal, and, and I mean we talk about our Manchester United struggles a lot and Arsenal struggles a lot, but really I, I don't think it's comparable anymore in the matter of three to six months. Uh, yeah. Of when we were saying we were kind of in the same boat when we did our deep dive into United and Arsenal. Um, ever since then, it's, it's it hasn't seemed long, but man, it, when it, when you look at the table, it has been uh, United. Yeah. United are flying now. Uh, we'll talk about them later, obviously. Um, but really, uh, just a lot going on at Arsenal, and not you know I've never seen this much happen to a big club like this really ever. Uh, I know that there was that 0-2 or O three O four Leeds team with those household names, but I mean different day, different age. You know what I mean. So what, what do you have to of say? Money. Right? Yeah, yeah. What do you have to say?
1: Well, I, I didn't have Arsenal on my list because we were doing a top topish <laughs> list, and currently they're at the bottom. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Will. I I will I will,
0: <laughs> I will uh, gracefully take that jab.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and you know, if it weren't for Sheffield United. The, the, the laughing stock of, of the
0: Premier League would be Arsenal, yes.
1: Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> if not for them, Arsenal would be one spot closer to that relegation zone. It's yeah. just, it's insane to say. Um, we've deep dived on them a, f- a few times, and I don't know, man. That it's disastrous. It, like you said, we haven't seen anything like it before, really. I mean, even Liverpool's blips of you know sixth and seventh when we laughed at them. I mean. <laughs> Right Jeez. when
0: Klopp just came in and they were, yeah. you know, having to yeah. Adam, yeah, I know, I know.
1: Brenner, this is, but
0: this and is with all. household household names. I mean, these aren't guys that, you know, like this are over a, at Schalke that are just declining after, you know, right. after uh, a
1: game or two. This is this is a bombing on like 400k a week.
0: Yeah, you
1: yeah, know? we've, we've like, talked about is... him enough.
0: We, like I said, we've that. That's why all I have down is Arsenal. We've we've <laughs> there's yeah. just so much to talk about that it's improbable right now but hey well into the new year will maybe some resolution but right they need um, some i i don't care if they get some or not i bet you don't as well so You're right <laughs> what is your number five again
1: my number five uh, no, my number five is bruno fernandez okay uh, thank you the the turn in, in 365 days that he's brought to the prem Arguably the best player in the Prem for this calendar year, uh, and this, and you know, probably the difference between us being an Arsenal and us being the current United you know,
0: <laughs> is Bruno Fernandes, most definitely. Is, is
1: Bruno? I mean, his goals, his assists, his yeah, he's his got, passion on the field, he, his his mobility, his all of it, man.
0: Yeah, I saw um, a stat today. I think he has 31 goal involvements in 33 games in the Prem. Yep, um, and. Not only that, he's also the only player in Premier League history to not only have uh, goal of the month, but player of the month. He's done that in nine months, and he also won Manchester United's player of the year in six months. So that kind of sums it up for
1: you as well. Yep, 40 games, (laughs) 40 goal involvements. That's what I have I mean,
0: that's, that's, you know, I I don't really want to say any, uh, you know, goat comparisons number-wise because different levels, different positions, different times. Um, but he's on but, the way. but but he's uh, you know this will Messi and Ronaldo were at or near the. 90 to uh, 1.0 goal involvement per game ratio and if you can do that in the Premier League I mean that is the elite of the elite so yep. um, you know something to think about uh, but he you know he's he's already in my opinion and I feel like he was definitely a United Legend already up there with some of the greats. Uh, yep. Even if he were to dip in form, the only thing that would turn him away from me is obviously uh, something like a Pugba situation, which I don't ever see happening with him. Uh, he, you can tell that as soon as he stepped foot on the field, he he lives and breathes United. Um, yeah. He he sees that he's the shadow of Ronaldo, and and he's taken that well. So,
1: yep, uh, all full accolades. And and, for him. and
0: and if I can be two percent of Ronaldo's shadow, I'd take it. So, yep. There you are on that. I, I agree with you, Will. I love it. Um, cool. Good. F- Let's hear your number four. Yeah, yeah. Number four. Um, I have uh something that I mentioned on a pod uh, a few months ago, but I wanted I did want to put this in my top ten because it does kind of wrap up a good year. The United States men's national team, uh, their resurgence, their ta- I mean, I, like I said, I talked about them before, but there's just a lot more names now that are, you know, uh, making that call up. And a lot of very talented youth players, I mean, all across Europe now, I, I could go through a ton of players, but mm. they they are having a bit of a resurgence now, I can I can firmly say, um, and, and I'm happy to see that because they they need to with the embarrassment yep. of 2018. And Will, I, I know I feel like you're pretty much more of a Scotland fan than, you, than a USA fan, which is totally <laughs> fine by any means. I mean, I was an Italy fan before I was a USA fan. Uh, because in 2006, all I saw was Luca Tony doing the ear flip, and I said, "Yes, sir." <laughs> um, so no, but uh, like I said, I'm happy to see that they're making a resurgence, uh, and hopefully this year will we we start qualifiers well because this is when they do start to kick around, starting the year or two before, um, and, and I'm excited. So
1: yeah,
0: USA were... resurgence is on the
1: list. Yeah, they were on my they're on my short list for. Honorable mention, maybe. Okay. Um, they were probably my next two or three, and it's just okay. because I want to see the final product. You know, I, yeah. I love this this rough model. This you know individual sexy sales pitch.
0: right. The individual play is good, but it's it's got to right. come together.
1: Yeah, we can't have we can't have any mishaps happen. Yeah, and I think a um, good
0: thing that the U.S. has been very good with and keeps us in games is we are normally a very tight knit group. And a very hardworking group, and I think we, we have a lot of good talent. But I, we, like you say, we, we I want to see that grit, that hard work, and that you know that bond and, and that passion that we normally do bring to make up for some of the less talent that we normally have. So we'll see.
1: Absolutely. Um, so you already stole my number four uh, with the Columbus Crew winning uh, right. again. Huge. Yeah,
0: I, I'm looking at my list. Room. I have to I have to think of something to make up for it as well. I believe.
1: Well, I'm I'm gonna actually just go ahead and jump into my number three then. Okay. Um. So number three for me is this messy saga, this Barcelona back and forth barking at each other. Will he stay? Will he go? Does he have a contract? Is he hooked into his old one? Like, what was going on in May?
0: (laughs) Right. Exactly
1: and we all thought like his last game ever for barcelona was the thrashing against bayern uh, in the one leg champions yep, league eight and we were two. all we were all you know crying and trying to say like it can't end this way and then all of a sudden barcelona board comes out and says no we have the secret clause where it can't end this way <laughs> and it was just it was just a mess um, and i think it, it really shows just the the lack of humanity <laughs> in any of these clubs you know Roy Keane knocks on Sir Alex's door and says, Hey, I want a bigger contract. Sir Alex says, No, and he leaves. Right. Or, you know, uh, uh, Peter Schmeichel, same way. He knocks on the door, they say, No, he leaves. Mm-hmm. Messi says, Hey, comes and knocks on the door and says, I want to leave. I only want more money. And they have something in the clause that says, No, you're not allowed to leave. We're not going to let you leave ever. Like, sit down. Um, it's just showing that the monetary chain. That has evolved even it's, the last ten years.
0: It's uh, also a bit of you know not wanting to let go of what you think you may have because at the end of the day, right. well, at the end of the day, when Messi leaves, they will not be better than they were with Messi. Uh, strictly from the fact that you don't have the best, arguably, player in the game, one or two. Um, right. Ha Um <laughs> People <laughs> people are not gonna like me. Uh, arguably first or second best player in the world. Uh he makes your team better. Uh yes, maybe uh tactically it frees up Griezmann now and you can get Coutinho and Dumbele and whatever. Messi isn't in your team, your team isn't better. And it's a it's a situation, Will of also, you know, not what like I said, not wanting to let go of what you have.
1: Right. Well even the Coleman situation, man. I mean that got dragged into Messi because, you know, they lost... They Their president as well. They got murdered. Yeah, they got murdered by, Bar- or by Bayern. And it just sparked this whole controversy of, you know, shifting top to bottom. Um, and, and it's just insane. I think I think that really sent a shockwave to, to the world. And it, it kind of makes me think as a United fan, like, is this what Paul Pogba is trying to do? <laughs> like, is <it>, he... <laughs> Is this what he's trying to do or is this what Aguero is like silently trying to do or like are do all these players think they have this power um over their club? Uh so uh, and obviously I side with I, I think if Messi wants to leave, he can terminate his contract at any time. Like I, I side with Messi for leaving.
0: Right. And his
1: recent comments in his recent interview this last week yeah. show he's he's not opposed to it. Um so I don't know, man. I just think that was that was a big old headline across 2020
0: yeah that that's it that was kind of like my number that i had that in there and i took it out but i'm going to keep it back in there because like i said i do need to make up for one um so i kind of had that written down alongside like ronaldo and zlatan still you know goats kind of doing their thing essentially you know zlatan still being a, a striker that's you know very capable of producing at europe's top talent or elite talent still for the most part, Ronaldo still doing it. Messi is still doing it. Twenty six goals, twenty three assists in twenty twenty, uh, in uh, forty five matches, I believe, or forty three matches, something like that. So obviously, very good numbers from him, but or, or from a poor season, uh, apparently, that they would right uh, people would probably mm-hmm. say. Um, but with with Barca and them, I I have them kind of in my small topic roundtable discussion as well. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll kind of talk about them more in the end. Or, or after our few last main topics here, um, number two, we'll I'll move on to then if you're if you're good with your number three and Messi saga. Yep. All right. So number two, it kind of ties in with your Lewandowski. Uh, you, I'm assuming you have this up here, is, is Bayern's domination uh, of of this past year. I mean, the winning all titles possible domestically and and Champions League. Um, Lewandowski, Player of the Year, Neuer. And Alfonso, or Neuer getting goalie of the year, I believe. And then, uh, uh, you know, also having Alfonso Davies, Joshua Kimmich, and Thiago, who was technically a Bayern player uh, in the FIFA Pro Team of the Year. Um, We really haven't seen a team this dominant, really, since uh, Real Madrid's run um, from, from 16 to 18. And I know that sounds like a long time, but Real Madrid didn't win everything in those three years. Barca or Atletico Madrid were winning the titles. Um, normally Barcelona actually were winning those league titles, even though Barcelona wasn't, or even though Real Madrid was winning the Champions League finals, they weren't dominant domestically. So, I mean, this is a Bayern team that really is probably even going back to their last team in 2013, you could say, is probably the, one of the top teams in Europe, uh, showing glimpses of Barcelona's 2011 team, their treble season winning team. Right. Uh, but yeah, haven't seen a team this dominant in quite some time, Will, um, and it's real fun to see.
1: Yeah, I actually, I didn't have them as a team on my my 2020. Um, I think, you know, they could have been in there. There's just a lot of topics. But you're absolutely right. (laughs) They're they're a team that's actually showed me, again, like, the fear. There is
0: a top dog.
1: Right, the fear of going against that top dog. Like, if you go in and you smack Barcelona, no matter what shape they're in, um, that strikes fear. If you win your title and... You win your league and, and all these teams are just, they're one knee down already when they enter the stadium. Um, it, it just shows that kind of aura that you can produce um, right. and consistency and the fact that you know a Canadian kid who I believe just turned 20, 20. Uh, is is now the, on the FIFA Pro 11. The like, amount of records insane. that
0: Alfonso Davies holds now and will hold probably forever is astonishing.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And the fact that they have a new Philip Long, uh, just, you know.
0: Joshua can can do right back or a defensive
1: mid, anything you want. Or I guess not six years after he retired. Like, you got a new one right there. Uh, You're the best, arguably the best out-and-out striker in the world up top. And you have a guy in Tiago who you just allowed to leave. Right. You weren't going to put up with any... Garbage, and you're like, all right. If you want more money, go somewhere else. Right. Or if you and, want a new challenge, and, go somewhere else.
0: And to counter your Thiago thing, we'll just bring in the top, you know, a top right. ten youth product of Leroy Sane, and just right. I mean, create the deadliest trio, arguably of Gnabry on the right, T- uh, Lee Wandowski up front, Sane on the left. You even have Kingsley Coman up there. Ugh. I mean, I Kingsley mean, Coman is a sub. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it's pretty astonishing that yep. that they can still even reach another level. I mean, in my opinion, Kimmich has not done getting better. He's only like 25, 24, 25. Uh, yeah. like you said, Alphonso Davies is 20. Um your backup to you have Goretzka who's shown 25. I mean, I mean Goretzka's had an insane transformation after after lockdown. Um uh, Jamal Musiala, the attacking <laughs> midfielder from England who's 17 years old who's I mean, already making huge waves over in England papers. Um, right. You've got Joshua Zerksy, the Dutch striker up front, who's 17, 18 years old. You have Chris Richards, the United States player in the center back in their academy team. I mean, yep. there, there is a ton of stuff to talk about here with Bayern, not only now, but for the even the next 10 years.
1: Yep. It, it should be exciting. They, uh, I'm, a, yeah, I'm excited to watch them keep their scary. dominance.
0: Yeah, yep. it's 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 reminiscent of the that dominant 2014 German kind of uh, guest... Generational talent that they and maybe that can in. translate right yeah maybe
1: that can translate to the German national team for next year or even the years to come
0: yeah most definitely because uh, a big part to those international teams that you see perform well the Spains the Germanys, there's normally three to six guys from one club I mean Spain you're mm-hmm. you're getting it from Real Madrid and Barcelona and you've got eight guys there that are already you know they know each other's grandmothers already by that point they see each other at twenty five. You know right. what I mean? So like you know those German teams, you have the Bayern and the Dortmund, the Englands, you have the Uniteds, the Chelseas, the Liverpool. You know, the list goes on for those other international teams. But you normally have a strong base of your champion in those international teams, and mm. and you know you still even see it now. The exits: Thomas Muller, Manuel Neuer. I mean, they're still there. Jerome Boateng, Nicolas Sula. Right. I mean, I mean, there's the list can go on. So right. and Leon Goretzka, exactly. Leroy Sane. Yeah, like we said, Sergio Gnabry. They're they're all there already. Um, yep. so yeah, like you said, maybe a German resurgence here in 2022, uh, but number one yep. or no, you're number two, you're number two.
1: Yeah. My number two is actually Pele's record being broken. Um, now I know Santos is trying to come up with yeah, 400 well, that's, more that's, goals.
0: That's my small topic first. So we'll save that. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that.
1: But, but I mean, if, if that is the case, Messi coming, coming in and breaking yeah, that no, record. Messi broke. Come insane. on. You
0: know, that, that is yeah. up there. That is, that's yeah.
1: insane. So... That, that has to be a title. He's finally done it. He's got that horse off his back. So kudos to Messi. Um, and those records will be... Uh, I don't see them ever being broken.
0: Dude, what a crazy, crazy year, man. Like... Yep. I mean, with the whole story of hit like Maradona and, you know, all that even too tying into it, like breaking Pele's record is... Just, like I said, we'll talk about that in a minute. But my number one... Yep. Um, and I know it's something that we mentioned... Um, and and we've talked about before so you already do know it Uh, it is the emergence of these young or former uh, players coaching their former teams or just getting coaching or managerial roles elsewhere and and thriving for the most part Uh, the ones I have down Ole Solskjaer to a certain extent with Manchester United, Frank Lampard at Chelsea, uh, Steven Gerrard at Rangers Scott Parker at Fulham to name a few
1: yeah I think it's a good shout. I actually have some more of that in the in the Right, round so yeah, I,
0: that's why I knew you were gonna uh, put off on that, and I so I do want to hear your number one.
1: So my number one is kind of one of the heart. I think you know, if, if you're a, a professional athlete of any kind, uh, and you don't give back, you, you're morally wrong. Um, oh no! So dude, my I feel bad my about number one. Already. Well, no, my number one is is the number one head, headline oh, of yes, the year. Yes, yes, yes. Should be Marcus Rashford. And his yes. ability to completely change his, you know, drag his government along in providing meals for impoverished uh, children. children. That is right. Is this is insane? Twenty million out of his own pocket. Now it might not sound like a lot for for a big footballer, but you know they also have things that they have to.
0: Twenty million you know, for anybody is not a, right. a, a, a small amount of money.
1: Right, and and then to get his government to pass legislation, and oh, uh, I mean the effort is phenomenal unmeasurable I, I know it's they have the money I know they have tallies of kids who, who benefit I know they have numbers of meals it, it truly is though not able to be measured in any numerical value yeah that kind of person is is just on a next level pedestal um, I think he in my opinion that was the number one headline of the year with COVID ravaging countries all over the world he stepped up in his own and fed the kids on his own block.
0: Yeah, um, real. I'm real happy you finished that out with with your number one, Ooh. and closing out your or our top tens of, of 2020. Um, but but I don't want to end this discussion uh, because that is one of my roundtable or small topics. So we are going to move on to that, and sure. and we'll stay on this. Uh, but like I said, we are going to move on to our small topic. So Will and I have a few things. Uh, I don't know actually how many Will has. He might have a lot more than me. Uh, we we have some things that we like. I said we wanted to talk about that happened this year that maybe we uh, didn't talk about or weren't as big of headlines or things that Will and I just wanted to talk about maybe between the two of us. Maybe I don't know that like we said are soccer related and we wanted to bring up. So like I like Will was saying uh, about Marcus Rashford. Uh, I have him on as one of my first uh, topics here. Not only that, but he was also uh, given a, an MBE award. Uh, so, Will, I know you have the link, I believe. Still, hopefully, uh, do you just yeah. want to explain exactly, like, like you said, how really this, how great of, of an award, and really what this means, not only to Marcus Rashford but the this, the country of, of of Britain.
1: Yeah. So, the British Empire has their own three levels of awards for um, different. Either civilians or officers in their military. Um, so, a CBE is for a commander of the Order of the British Empire, and this is given to people who are recognized um, for an impressive work outside of um, civilian life. This is for strictly like uh, officers or um, people involved in the military, i.e., like. Okay. In World War One, so, that's right, where this right. kind of developed. Um, and it's a special okay. acknowledgement outside of another military accomplishment. Um, so then they also have... So it's like their number one uh, title.
0: Of the criteria or title, right.
1: Right. So then they have an OBE, which is their second... Uh, which is a word to somebody who's making a great impact in their line of work. And that one's denoted as an officer of the Order of the British Empire. So it's it's like a a slightly bigger um, award because you win something. It's given to those who win. Like, say, England won the World Cup. They would all be OBEs. Given this award. Right. right. Like, like how France, and...
0: France was given, I believe, uh, something like that in 2018.
1: They got like, exactly. a medal,
0: medal or something like that.
1: Right, for representing their country. exactly. Um, so then there's the MBE, which is more of a civilian. Um... So
0: anyone can get this award?
1: Right. Um. So, for example, Ed Sheeran also has received this award because of his his influence in music.
0: Oh, okay, um, interesting.
1: And it's based on it's based on like a a timeline kind of thing where where you're making a positive impact in your line of work for a for an extended period of time or a drastic impact. So this is yeah, he had 1.3
0: million children. So right. yes,
1: this this is where people are saying he is. You know, if there was another order above MBE. You would have received that. Um, gotcha. So but yeah, yeah. It, it is a high distinguishable honor, um, and he should be very proud of that.
0: Yeah, and and I'm happy that, like I said, that was your number one main topic, and and we're able to, to talk about that here in the roundtable talk, and that was one of yours as well, because, like we said, it goes far above and beyond anything that happens on the pitch. So, um, yep. and with what's happened this year, it's, it, like you said, no no words can really make make up for it. So. That's uh, my first small topic, Will. Uh, okay. Would you like to pick any of your small topics that you have, uh, and we'll begin?
1: Yeah, let's let's jump back into the young coaches. Okay. Um, I have a few more on the list. I have uh, Pirlo for Juve. Yep. Um, and I had Arteta for Arsenal. I think I missed them...
0: some. Geez, what am I doing?
1: <laughs> well, there's a lot. There's there's a whole lot springing up. There's even, uh, oh, what's his name? March for. Uh, Salzburg, the American coach. Uh, oh yes, 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 yes. Um, he coached with he, New
0: York Red Bulls. Oh my gosh, right? I know exactly yep. what you're talking about. He jumped over to
1: Salzburg. He's yep. even he's being looked are, at by Leipzig now. Yep, he's being tipped to to take some pretty serious, you know, increases. So, I, I guess for this round table, I kind of want to have like I want to frame a few questions to you. Yeah, no, um, per, this is
0: exactly what I was hoping you would do, but I don't necessarily have those questions for you. <laughs> okay. yeah. I, I can I can make them uh, if you yeah. want, uh, but I, mine are kind of more so just like I don't know. You, you'll see, you'll see. But no, <laughs> I, I I like this.
1: All right, so so here's my first question for for just a generality of all these clubs, you know, United, mm-hmm. Arsenal, all. Right. all of them. Are these clubs taking the easy way out? Um, and I mean that in both a financial and kind of a CYA kind of thing on the back end if, if one of these guys fail oh it's not our fault so here you
0: have you have a feel you have a few factors and, and i and i'm going to give you the biggest example of where i can kind of show you all of the factors and that's right at arsenal with Mikel arteta
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh so your question was essentially you know is it like a cop-out you're saying for yeah for, uh, i i don't i don't know because the my first factor is you know we have Oleguna Solskjaer. Uh, who's a club legend so if he fails in our minds we'll say okay he failed but it doesn't really matter that doesn't really justify anything as in that shouldn't be allowed uh Mm -hmm. that shouldn't be a, a, a explanation or that shouldn't be used as a reason as to as to why they they failed or as to why you know their image is is different and um, I think that with a team like Arsenal, uh, where y- you, know, player wise, they have a lot more problems. So if you can get a player like that, that can, you know, maybe hound the troops up, you know, maybe better than Unai Emery did, you know, mm-hmm. that's something that's a factor. But at the end of the day, I think that it's not a cop out, um, I think it just gives the club less of a reason for fans uh, to really, I guess, look at bigger issues. So for example, Arteta isn't the biggest issue at Arsenal. It's the board, but all the, all the news is on Arteta now and the team and everything like that. So I don't think it's a cop out, but I, I don't know. It's, it's it's difficult, man, because like I say, with these guys, they're club legends essentially. But if they fail, they're like, eh, he's still a club legend. But you've just wasted all that time and all that those resources and time and or, or process uh, of doing all of that just to you know maybe go get someone that's worse. For example, right. Arsenal. I can tell you that I, I not I can tell you, I can guarantee you that I'd say probably one out of every two Arsenal fans wishes they had Arsene Wenger back. Or would, yeah. you would you agree?
1: Uh, I I may I might go a little bit lower. I might go one out of three. But yes, okay. I think there's a so, strong sense. Right.
0: So so that's what I'm saying is because you're we're like for example I was happy with soshire coming in. Fans were happy with Arteta coming in. So that's why I don't look at it as a cop-out because overall image wise it looks good. And if you get it turned around like Lampard has or like Gerard has right now at Rangers, great. But when you get rid of them. It's like, eh, what do you do that? Right. So that's kind no, that, of my, kind of my next thing. In,
1: yeah, that kind of leads me into like my answer. I kind of thought about it for a while uh, this past week. Um, you know, a good example would be Juve, right? All these fans were really upset with how Sorry played. They didn't like it. It was unattractive. Sorry ball. Yeah, they they, they hated it. So the board goes in, sack them, and they're like, all right. Pirlo, you got your license yesterday. Tw- right, 12 days after
0: he got it for his youth team.
1: Right, let's put you in this position. And I think what some of these clubs are trying to do is they're just trying to put up a mirror. And, you know, when the fans accuse the board, like you said, oh, this is your fault, they're going to turn around and say, well, you want this guy, so we gave you this guy. Right. It's your fault. And I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to put up and, a And the thing is, themselves. like
0: I said, too, is that the fans will back. The man I mean all the fans still back Mikel Arteta, even though they probably want him out and to a certain extent, but they'll back him.
1: Right. And it's just like us, man. Four weeks ago we were saying, you know, Ole out and Pashatino in, but it's
0: too late now.
1: Um I think I think that's a big topic. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. But like I think that's a big a big issue. Um a second question I would have is do you think some of these classic rivalries um, like Wenger or Fergie, um, even like a... You could
0: they're, they're dead, but they can be revitalized.
1: Do you think that's going to come from these so younger coaches?
0: It, it, 110%, because you want to know what's going to happen well when Steven Gerrard is the coach of Liverpool in 5 <sighs> to 10 years and Frank Lampard is in his 50s at Chelsea. There is going to be words said in the locker room between Gerard to his boys and Lampard to his boys that I cannot say on this podcast about yep. how when you get out on that field and you and you see, you know Lampard's son at center mid and you see Gerard's son at center whatever Gerard might have yeah. all girls I don't know you I mean Lampard and Gerard were two guys that were coached under the hardest Englishmen of all time I mean you think of all the coaches they've had. In their lifetime i mean look when you look at lampard you look at carlo enchiladi you look at jose Mourinho. when you look at yep. Girard, you look at rafa benitez uh you look at brendan rogers i mean there are so many guys that when they were playing were in that prime premier league era where when liverpool and chelsea and arsenal and united all face each other didn't matter or one of the four the city wasn't in that conversation so we're kicking them out <laughs>
1: right
0: chelsea united uh, Arsenal Liverpool, Liver- Liverpool. when any, when any of those four teams played Will it was a world cup final and so to answer my question is when Gerard and, and Lampard and Rooney or Carrick and you know uh Fabregat, when they're all looking at their boys in locker room they're going to be saying words that I can't say on this podcast to get their boys going out there and putting in two footers and I and I think you're going to see it a, a little more and and I think it, ha- it we're very lucky Will because you see it now with United and Leeds you see the the yeah. the red flower and the white flower rivalry back for for uh, Yorkshire and uh, I can't remember it because I'm not British, uh, but right. but Leeds and United uh, is a massive rivalry that's coming back now, um, and, and I think it's great for the game. I, I miss those you know Premier League nights at eight o'clock, you know when the lights are on and you know you've got just two you know at the time football giants just clashing with each other and, and really wanted to kill each other. Mm -hmm. and to answer your question yes i think starting even now a little bit i think that you know there's 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 some words being said before games that i'm happy to see in my opinion
1: good yeah i I think i can agree with that i think there'll be a different form of rivalry i'm kind of concerned you know with the man city game you know it was all hugs and kisses and
0: no, see, yeah, okay, I disagree, okay. dude. When remember when in two thousand eighteen when we were at school together, dude, I was running out of my, I was running out of Harrison when when Smalling scored the third goal against City, dude. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I hate City.
1: I I, I know. I'm saying between the players, I I. Oh, d- to see, yeah,
0: it is a different age, but like
1: it's a different age. I I just don't know if if Ole's ever gonna get the boys to get to that level, you know, like, or if or if it's just out of the game. Uh, I don't know. I, I just kind of see like this, this more mutual respect. Um, because
0: through... they all see each other, and because they know yeah, that they, because, because yeah, of social because media, and they can see each and... right. Yeah, right. I like like I get that, but I mean, there's still some. I, I mean, football's football at the end of the day, Will. And I mean, some of these rivalries, when when fans can come back, I th- I think when when you can get fans back in the stadiums, Will, I think a lot of us took football for granted to a certain extent um I, and, I and, and and that's everywhere any sport anything you do for fun you you definitely look back and any basic thing you did in life that was an everyday task you look at about you look at you look back at it now and think wow like I, I I took advantage of that or like I, I didn't you know I don't want to say like live in the moment per that per se essentially but like just you know seeing goals live and like missing like the little trash talk or or whatever you have between Mm -hmm. fans like you that's what that's why you get up at six o'clock in in england and you take the buses and the trains you get you know drunk by noon and and, you know ball your eyes out if your team loses five nil at the end i mean like that's what they live for every 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 weekend and like that that that's an everyday thing that that was for uh, ever essentially that now i think people will go back and be like you know what like uh, like uh, speak for the players too like I think they get they're gonna get so much more from the fans being back and I think that's the what's gonna make the rivalries kick on a little bit in my opinion is fans being back, being able to shout, get behind their teams, things like that.
1: Cool. I think that so, was that well.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go through some of my small topics because my small topics yeah, are clearly not as in-depth as yours unfortunately, which is fine. <laughs> uh, for example, Neymar switched to Puma this year. Uh, Neymar was signed with Nike. Uh, pretty much since he was born, essentially. Uh, 15 years right. he was with Nike, and he, he only feels like he's like 25. Uh, he, he joined Puma for $30 million a year. Now, that, that's pretty nice, if I do say so myself, let alone playing for PSG and being a top-five player in the world, uh, contract-wise. Um, so, Will, anything to say on that? I know you're an Umbro guy, so probably not. Yeah, I, I think oh. it's,
1: just, it's just kind of the uh, name of the game. Yeah, it's kind of the same as you know Puma coming into the NBA game. Um,
0: yeah, they're signing a lot of guys now.
1: Signing signing a bunch of guys, um, or even you know some of these smaller, you know even New Balance getting into the game and, and bringing in Salio Mane into their.
0: Oh yeah, New Balance repertoire. is a pretty New New Balance is somewhat solid now, and Pumas I mean right. kind of the third tier behind Nike Adidas.
1: Right. So it's just kind of, I think it was really good for Puma to get that kind of level. Um, Not good for Neymar. Yeah, they've been getting that kind of level in the in the NBA for sure. Um, but yeah, I think it's just an interesting topic to see, you know, I don't know, does somebody try and go sign Erling Holland? You know, does <laughs> New Balance try and go get him for uh Maryland Marlon,
0: Marlon Fellaini was with Warrior forever. Right. Oh yeah, that's true. So, you know, anything's possible for these cleat uh, or boot companies, essentially. Right.
1: Um, so that kind of gives a good segue if, if you're finished with that one.
0: Oh yeah, n- like I said, nothing really much to say.
1: That gives me a good segue though into into this PSG topic that I have. Yep. Um, kind of a round table, we hinted at it with uh, the
0: Pochettino. Yep. Yeah.
1: You know, yeah, so I guess I'm kind of confused. Um, with yeah, I have PSG... a lot, I have a lot
0: of I have a lot of indirect questions as to why Pochettino was sitting on you know, the bench for
1: so long. Right. I mean, what was, what was the cutoff? Because PSG was in a Champions League final against Bayern. And they lost 1-0. I mean,
0: they're going to win the league.
1: Very, very good team. You know, they won the rest of the stuff they could that wasn't canceled. And right now they sit one point behind Leon in third. Um, They're not on a bad run of form. They're not kicked out of any cups. They played Barclay. A really, really weak Barca team in the next round of the Champions League. They finished top of their table and was widely renowned as a group of death. Um, you know, you got players like Neymar who are rumored to leave if if money comes back to Barcelona. You have Mbappe whose contract ends in 2020, uh, 2022, I believe. Yeah, you've got a lot of stuff
0: um, coming up for PSG.
1: You got Di Maria, who's a free agent. Draxler, a free agent this coming summer. Like, what's next? all right Is this a rebuild? Is this a remodel? Is this a just throw yeah, so everything in the kitchen sink? Here,
0: here's my initial few thoughts without knowing too much because I don't think we really know too much just yet. And I and I think we will learn a little later down the line about cool and what was really the problem. But here's my thinking. You got to the Champions League final, like you said, Will. I think they're trying to capitalize right now with Pochettino before something gets worse so that with your Di Maria's, with your Mbappe's, with your Neymar's, you can say, look, we've got Pochettino, who's a serious manager, maybe because of COVID, they were able to get him cheaper, which if they were, just pisses me off that United wouldn't Mm -hmm. have been knocking on his door six months ago. Uh, or or right. if you're, or if you're Barcelona thinking the, I mean, any top club is thinking the exact same thing. That needs a manager. If PSG underpaid, or because of the COVID market, were able to get him for a cheaper price, I feel like every fan that is a top six supporter would be furious. First of all, well,
1: think, think of, you know, and, even, unless
0: you're like Man City or Liverpool,
1: right? Think of even like Dortmund. To right, that's a right, that's what I'm saying.
0: Right, that's mean, what I'm saying. Even if you're Bayern Munich, you do, you, you don't technically have a, a new manager in Hansi Flick. I mean, he was brought right. in as a makeshift last year, but cuz he was the assistant. So technically, right. I mean, Pochettino is literally an upgrade in my opinion anywhere, except for maybe Pep, Klopp, uh, and then like, you know, for example, Wolves Sit and N- like like Wolves and Santo, they fit, you know, things like that. You know what I mean? Um mm-hmm. Where where they don't need Pochettino. I mean, yeah, obviously, if your team like Brighton, you'd love Pochettino. But Graham Potter is one of, a top ten manager in the Prem. Um, right. So you you know what I'm saying. So that's my first thing. My second thing is if if you I I feel like they're just trying to capture what they have now before it gets lost. And what I mean by that is Real Madrid is going to want to look at a, a Holland. And if they can't get him, they're getting Mbappe. Uh, and, and I think if you get to the, another Champions League final with Mauricio Pochettino, Bappe doesn't necessarily maybe want to leave to go to Real Madrid just yet. Maybe maybe Di Maria leaves, Will, and maybe now Messi talks to Neymar and says, hey, that spot's still open, right? You've got Mauricio Pochettino, right. an Argentinian manager, who maybe be, might uh, be able to get the best out of Messi and all of them in a, in a system, you know. That I'm, was my next question. Right, exactly. So that that's, that's kind of my first initial thinking. But at the end of the day, when you look at this, Will, and I think you'll agree, Great day to be PSG player. Great day to be a PSG fan. I mean, you got better right. today.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: And, and and like you mentioned, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. And it could be a down, you know, it could be a crash and burn possibly. Because something you didn't mention is that, like you said, we talked with Chelsea. You left Thiago Silva, your best defender, go on a free. So, mm-hmm. you know, you've got some stuff to work out as well, too.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's, that's kind of yeah. what I was you know, trying to get out of you. Um, kind of <laughs> some of those, those, those just rumblings. It just doesn't seem like a club that would blow up. Right, so and and like... so
0: to touch on your why would you bring in Posh and get rid of Tuchel point, I think it also is just coming from a fact that Tuchel just can't pick the right locks right yeah. now. And and I think maybe they've just said, you know what, if like I said, if we can cash in right now with Pochettino, we have the ability... With Moise Keane, Mario Cardi, Di Maria, Mbappe, name—I mean, those those five, excuse me, front to back be- or top to bottom. I mean, arguably, like we've said, a, a top five attacking set in in, in the world. So, mm-hmm. and, and Pochettino put Kane and all these guys to new heights. That to a Spurs side that when we were watching soccer, well, they weren't this great attacking threat. I mean, yeah, they had BurbaTov and and keen and probably and crouch but i mean these aren't wayne rooney's diddy or jug buzz tierion reese we're talking about
1: here yeah it's a different class
0: right so no, i see your point so yeah Good show. um i'll go to one will with you that i actually do have some in-depth knowledge about and one that i okay. know that i hopefully hopefully you forgot about this and now that i'm bringing it up uh, I'm hoping we're gonna have some real good discussion we talked about this a while back will but the golden boy list was just absolute garbage oh, this year yeah. we're may- we need to get a top 10 list here so will I have uh the voting from one through seventeen uh and, and as we go down this list will we're we're gonna say what's right and wrong essentially uh okay. so so real quick at seventeen they have uh What's it they have David from Lille and Canada, Jonathan David, who went from yep. Genk from Genk to uh, he's at seventeen. I'm not gonna say what we think yet, I'm just gonna go down the list quickly. Uh, you've got Rodrigo in sixteen from Brazil, Real Madrid, Graven Birch, uh, from Holland yep. and Ajax in fifteenth, Serginho Dest from the United States in Barcelona at 14. Sanjo Tanali in thirteenth, with inter excuse me, AC Milan in Italy, Mason Greenwood, Man United English, twelfth. Uh, at 11, you have Fernand Torres, Spain from Man City, or Man City from Spain. And then here's our top 10, Will. Vinicius Jr. from Real Madrid, Bukayo Sacco from Arsenal, Dominic Sabosalai from RB Salzburg, RB Leipzig, Phil Foden, uh, Man City, Dejan Kulazewski, Juventus, Eduardo Kamavingo, Stan Rene, Jaden Sancho, Borussia Dortmund, Alfonso Davies, Bayern Munich, Ansu Fati, Barcelona, and Erling Holland, the winner, which I do agree with. Um, <laughs> But I mean, there's some some pretty big uh, flaws here in this list, Will, uh, and I think the big one is one that me and you both said right off the bat um, is Mason Greenwood just not being in the top ten. Uh,
1: I mean, to be completely, I know I'm a United fan, it will come off as completely biased, but
0: oh yeah, me as well. Five.
1: <laughs> I mean, let's let's not even cut the cheat. G- I mean, he's the best thing that's happened to the Prem since. Wayne Rooney, statistically speaking. Correct. Um,
0: he's overperforming exponentially in his XG. Yeah,
1: I way. mean, the, the kid doesn't put a foot wrong, and he's not even playing in his true position. Um, the fact that Phil Foden, who got Golden Boy riding the pine for Pep um,
0: and finished 7th in this list
1: and finished up 5 points above Greenwood is insane the fact that Bukari Saka well, he yes he's a fantastic talent. He's
0: number 9.
1: He's number 9. How is he above Mason Greenwood who has, you know, 16 goals
0: and double the games.
1: It, 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 and I mean it's just insane. And it already has more England caps. I'm mean, the the naivety of just the English judging throughout this list is Yeah. It's kind of shocking.
0: Yeah, my my big thing here is is that you have you have Dejan Kulishevski in six, who, who's the yeah, Swedish winger. He, he's a great player, don't get me wrong. He is that future and that Juventus attacking three. I mean, at 19, 20 years old, he's already starting in there over Chiesa alongside Ronaldo. Uh, and whoever they have, you know, if it's Murata whoever. They have Kulishevski in there, normal as their starter, which is fine. But but he's not better than Dominic Savoslai at Leipzig no. who's literally carried a nation and a team on his back at 19 years old. Uh Mason He's Greenwood Mason Fernand Torres Mason Greenwood Sanjo Tanali who literally was a 19 year old kid that had to carry or try and carry his you know basically boyhood team out of relegation in his first year in Syria at at 13. Um yeah. you have a player uh, like 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 Vinicius Jr who's uh, an insane talent but he doesn't start for Real Madrid, and he's number 10.
1: Well, here's another one. I mean, I know Gavin Birch may not be the biggest household name right now or, right. or when when that list was made, but right now, I'm telling you, that kid's top 10.
0: Um, <laughs> is he really? I haven't seen him play too much.
1: Through his Champions League performances, yes. Like, that is the next Paul Pogba. At, that, he is probably better than Paul Pogba was at his age. All right. He well, is, thanks for putting me on, great. Will.
0: Thank you very much. <laughs> Another player I have to go look more into. But it, it's funny because you have a player like Jadon Sancho who had like almost forty goal involvements last year, just coming forth. Right. Like, it's Just like okay, why is Ansu Fati in second? Right. Why is Alfonso exactly. Alfonso Davies is third? He finished in the team of the year. He should be number one then.
1: Right. Uh, I agree. It, I think if you're be, looking at it like that, it should be Holland. Then Davies, then Sancho. And that should be locked in top three. If you won't argue with me about number four, or number five, Yeah right, you okay, yeah, you have one. Fati
0: Yeah, you have Fati at two, Davies three, Sancho four, and you have Camavinga five, which I may be overrated a little bit, but but he kinda hints into one of my other smaller topics, Will. Uh, so once you're okay. done with that uh, and when once you're done with your kind of wrapping up of the Golden Boy list here, I'll move on to that.
1: Yeah, I think I think lie deserves to move up a few paces. Foden um, falls.
0: Foden falls. Luzepski I falls. think
1: Kuzeski falls. Yep. I think um, Mason Greenwood bumps into that top five. If you want to have Fatih at four or five, okay, I get it. You put Torres He's got a lot of in, height.
0: You put Torres above Vinicius Jr., I believe.
1: Yeah, I did. And Bukaya Saka. And Saka, yep. Um, and I put birch above both of them as well. I think you
0: have Serginio Desk pretty high at 14 as well. He's a really good talent, and he's from the United States, obviously, but he's, he's still got a little bit of stuff to prove, in my opinion.
1: Right, right. I think he's on his way. I just, there's a he's difference.
0: Actually, oh, it's funny. Graven birch is the youngest player on this list at 18.
1: Yeah, I mean, he and is. He's the top insane. 17, actually, yeah. Right. Well, look at you, Well, he, There you go. He's on the same level as Kamavinga. Okay. I'll tell you that. All right, so we'll,
0: we'll move on from yep. the Golden Boy, but move into what we're talking about now there is a lot of reliance on youngsters now will it seems like more than we've ever seen and, and not only in club level but like we like we just mentioned even in like international level dominic Savo slide literally at 19 years old having to carry an entire nation into the euros um you see ansu fati this past year when messi's out it's like okay we'll give it to fati instead and let him do everything at 18 years old i mean uh Alfonso Davies making it to the team of the year at twenty years old from Canada. I mean, honestly elevating him and Lee game, I think, creating a all new havoc down that left side. Bukayasako got an assist for Arsenal today. He's like their Lord and Savior, as Mason Greenwood is ours at United. Right. Uh so so what do you what's in the water nowadays, Will? What do, what do you think?
1: Uh I think it's the amount of money they're spending on training facilities. I think it really has to do with Scouting programs and what they're putting those scouted players into. Interesting. We ju- Interesting. We just I saw, didn't really think of that. We just saw Leicester, man. they put all oh, yeah. their winnings basically. Yeah. Did you see their new dollars. facility? It's it's there.
0: Dude, it looks like you're walking it looks like you're driving into like a Disney world of soccer.
1: Right. And I think those kind of facilities, those kind of improvements breed the excitement, breed the talent, breed the just natural ability for some of these
0: right. players. That breeds also future signings and future talent for for Mm -hmm. years now. I mean, that is the state-of-the-art of 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 state-of-the-art as you could get there.
1: Right. And And, and and
0: for a team like Leicester, that's not a big six, you could say. I mean, it looks like a big six to me.
1: Well, you're no longer just competing on the field. You're competing for the best facilities. You're competing for the um, most attention on uh, Facebook or or social media. Right, the clicks, right. Right, you're competing for everything now, and I think that's really driving these younger players to that next level. Um, so we used to say like, if you don't make it by 23, you're no, you're not going to be a pro. Well, now it's right. like if you don't make it by 18, you're not going to be a pro. Like the standards just keep getting elevated.
0: Right, or if you're, or if you're Jamie Vardy and you're not somehow in there by 27.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Good shot. You're done.
0: Right. No, but yeah, it's it's really weird, man, because like, you know, we've seen, you know, Ronaldo at 18, Messi at 18, and to be honest, I don't really think besides really Mbappe, there's been someone like that as like when it comes to like talent and, uh, or maybe not talent, but like output, um, right. you know, Messi and Ronaldo weren't like the fittest. I mean, of, of I mean, they, back in o in three and o four, Messi and Ronaldo did not have what, you know, Serginho Dest has at Barcelona, or or what you know the last guy on the pine at Leicester City is going to have. You right. know what I mean? Uh, but that that still doesn't change the fact that you know it's it, it's weird because you know it used to never be. We should never have to rely on the kid. Where it's now, all right, bail us out.
1: Yeah, yeah. See what you got, kid.
0: And if you don't do it, you know, by eighteen or nineteen, I mean you're just going to get attacked for it because you, you're supposed to be the next Messi or Ronaldo, apparently. You know what yeah. I mean? So, much agreed. Much agreed. Um, and, and well, gonna... and, and you yeah, know, last thing on that, and I just thought it was interesting, like I said, with some of the international teams, like Kamavinga and Upamakano at 20 and 21 years old, making their way to French teams. Like, you're seeing it not only, like I said, in, like, the, the Hungries, but even the mm-hmm. Frances and things like that. And it's, it's crazy to think about it. I mean, with, Mbappe, right, right. Uh, it's everywhere now that youth and and what's good to see though is there we are in a day and age now where you do get your chance for for the most part now to prove yourself I think maybe not once but twice for example uh, I can give you two right now Kevin De Bruyne and Mohamed Salah I mean yeah think about what happens if if they stay at Chelsea or man or, or, or if they both stay at Chelsea and they just never yep. go out on to Wolfsburg or to Fiorentina on loan. And I mean, look at them now; they're the two of the best players in the Premier League. So, yep. shows shows what what That's can happen style. in in a few years. But yeah, that uh, those were two of my small topics. I'll let you get into some of yours now as well. We've been going for quite a, a while now as well. Not that we're not really close to being done, but um, uh, it's, I I, it's I don't know how lot. many I don't know how many topics you have.
1: I have two more. Two more. okay, okay. Um. So this one is is way out there in left field. If you thought oh, I was wait. going to talk about this, prop, props to you. Morecambe? Uh, that's actually the next one. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Yes. I will be talking about my <laughs> blooded okay. shrimps. Okay. Um, but first, I want to talk about the Rangers. Norwegian no. <laughs> football team. <laughs> okay, the Norway. Norwegian, or the Norwegian football champs, Glent. Uh, can you spell it? G-L-I-M-T. Okay. They so are, a, are they the
0: normal winners of, of that no, league? No,
1: no. That that's what I'm going. To, I'm going to break this all Perfect. down for you. Perfect. Um, they are a very small team from the Arctic Circle. Um, their city has roughly 50k people there. Okay. Um, their closest rivals, Tromsagard, Uh may be a recognizable name on FIFA for you. Sometimes they have some some talent for you know your career modes or your man, or your uh, football managers.
0: Okay.
1: Um, they regain their status at the top flight in two thousand eighteen. And okay. they're the first team to win a title from the northern part of Norway. It used to be where the northern part, anywhere north of that Tromsgard team, was not even allowed to play in their division because it was too too far for travel and, and too precious really? to travel sometimes. Yes, it's it's way up there. It's it's an hour plane ride from Tromsgard, which to put that in perspective, an hour plane ride is about, you know, Orlando to Atlanta, maybe. So, th- there's definitely a... To, uh, to Atlanta, sorry. Um, oh, okay. So, and some, some notable names who've come from this team. Jans Peter Hauga from That's So, AC that's Long. exactly
0: what I was just about to ask. Is, yep. is there a Jans Peter Haug cameo coming? Because I love him.
1: Yep, he's, uh, he actually is going to have a winner's medal from this year. Really? Yeah. Um, Yep, he, he was a part of that team until the summer, and then okay. he got bought up. They yeah, because Holland,
0: Holland said that he's like the guy you got to watch, and AC Milan was like, okay, we'll get him. <laughs>
1: yep. Now, here's here's the crazy stuff about this team. Their average age is about 22, 23. Okay, um, so they're young. Super young team, all from this little town, or, or snapped up from very close to this little town. Um, they have one defeat in 30 games. Really? They had 103 goals Jeez. in 30 games. They had a goal difference of 77. What this happened was...
0: in the Norwegian League this year? Was like a team not good that was supposed to be? Or was the top Mola... dog? Well, I was about to say, yeah. it was Molda... Yeah, and that's Rosenberg, where... Uh... I mean,
1: they just got they just got wrecked. I mean, it, it was an absolute mauling. Um, it, it's, you know, I was listening to this in, a, in another podcast um, on my vacation, there's... It was shocking. I had to jump in and do some research on these guys. I mean, it wasn't your five fours or anything like that. Obviously, with a goal difference of seventy-seven, it's
0: yeah. No, they it was they, four nil. So it what was is five nil. so what's what's the key? So how much research did you do? Like, do you know like the formation? Do you know like what's what's making them click? Like, what is it that's making the, them so dominant?
1: Well, they have they have, um, and some of these pronunciations are, are well, quite hard. Um some of yep. some of them are just, you know, not for an American to say, but um, you know, one of their goal scorers played every minute of the league, and he had thirty-seven goals. Like, you can't you can't replicate that every year. We get that. Right. Um, and last year they finished uh, third, which was really impressive as being you know second year out of promotion. Um, but the key to this really is, is that that youth academy is. It has its net over such a large area of that northern Norway um, because, you know, nobody, no other big teams are up there.
0: Right. It's just them to themselves.
1: Yeah. So everybody knows everybody, um, you know, their center mid has connections to one of the most famous royals of Norway. I mean, there's a lot of
0: interesting things going on there.
1: uh, Yeah. A lot of off the pitch stuff that really helps this team move together. Cool. Um, Very cool. So it, it's kind of just something, you know. I figured nobody ever on this podcast. Ah, yeah, would not me even. Not even me. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I mean, um, really cool shout, glimpsed from from Norway, the undisputed Elisitarian champions, um, maybe the best team of all time from from Norway. Very nice. Well,
0: I like when you pull stuff out of left field. And you, <laughs> you, even, honestly, people will think your shrimp stuff is out of left field. I'll let you get to that Good. next. Yeah, I'll go i through, will
1: be left field. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'll, I'll go through my last few things here. Uh, I mentioned uh, Santos came out with a report that they were claiming that Pele still has the record over Messi with, what is it, like 1,093 goals now. Uh, yeah. it, really, it's quite silly. I saw a funny uh, quote the other day, Will. I don't know. It was on Instagram. It was, uh, you know... Messi scored, you know, doesn't matter if Pele scored, you know, in the 1950s on a cornfield against Corinthians. I mean, Messi did it, you know, in the middle of the burnabout in front of 70,000. It all counts. Uh, Right. You know, stuff like that. And, you know, I I definitely get it from Santos' perspective. I mean, that's a record that, I mean, it's Pele. I mean, Pele can't not lose any records. You know what I mean? So, I, I get it. But, you know, like you said, at the end of the day, man, I mean... No one will ever break this record. Uh, I, I I feel like we can firmly state that because if anything will, uh, what's bound to happen in this world is life, uh, is death taxes and uh, Lionel Messi scoring goals. So uh, he will even tack on to that. Yeah, I mean, who knows how long he'll be playing, and who knows, maybe he'll break the 1,000 mark and just oh, yeah. completely blow it out of the water. I mean, he still needs a, over 300-odd goals, which, you know, don't know if that will be done. If that's done, I'm gonna put my hands up, will, and say no one will ever break any record ever again by Messi. So, right. Um, we'll wait for that. Um, not like I said, I don't really have too much on it. Do you have anything on this?
1: Uh, I I just think it's it's shocking. Um, you know, we we sit here and we think, just like those people in the in the '70s and '80s thought, oh, nobody's ever gonna be better than Pele. Well, or even Maradona. Or Maradona. Yeah, right. And we're sitting here saying nobody's ever gonna be better, than Messi.
0: I don't know, man. Like I don't know,
1: uh, and just like people said, nobody's gonna ever be better than Michael Jordan.
0: Uh, uh, oh, see, LeBron, there you go. You know? Thank you. I love like, you now, Will. There you go. You're talking my talk now, my boy will, LeBron. Thank you.
1: I'm saying, I'm saying, like you. We're gonna start have another. Well, we,
0: you know, we're gonna start another war with another sport that we don't want to start. <laughs> you know, the, the Messi Ronaldo debate is already big enough in the soccer universe as it is. We'll I'm leave. Not, we'll leave I'm Jordan and LeBron out of it.
1: I'm not saying King James is better than Jordan. I'm saying he's a <laughs> oh, come he's, a, he's, he's a, a yes new athlete to compare to an old legend. Yeah, most definitely, and...
0: man. Most definitely, it's just I I don't, I don't know, man. Like I just have a hard time seeing people like even Messi's 91 goals in a calendar year. I mean, do you know how hard yeah. that is, man?
1: That's insane. like
0: like Muller's record was. I mean, back in the 70s, like 70, 71. I mean, that took, like, 40, 50-odd years or yeah. whatever. Yeah, so. Right. Who knows? No, I, I mean, yeah, I definitely agree that they're they're obviously very well. Co- I mean, uh, shoot, Mbappe could do it, maybe. You never know. I mean, he's he's got a lot of goals already.
1: I'm just hoping I'm alive for when the next one shows up.
0: Exactly. You know, it's funny. <laughs> it, it, honestly, no, it's funny you say that because I talk to my dad a lot. I talk to him, you know, like, my dad is from Chicago, so you know I'm always like, well, you know, I mean, he got to for him to see Jordan and LeBron in his lifetime, like, to me that's crazy because we I never right. we never saw Jordan, never. and so I mean I would have killed to see Maradona like actually you know, on TV because because you know it, we seeing it on YouTube is totally different than you know seeing it live now, so I definitely agree, but I see it to be very very tough, um for for someone to break those records, but. Uh, one of my last things here, Will, as always, uh, Manchester United just, I mean, inconsistent, they're inconsistent at being inconsistent, being consistent, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, who knows anymore at this point what, what what, we even talk about them. I mean, like we say, I think the best, I, really, I think we summed it up. I mean, you, you either hate them or you love them at this point. Yeah.
1: And, um, no and it's what, a week, to, it's, it's,
0: it's really a day to, right it's a day to day basis not even a week to week basis anymore
1: yep i 5-2 mean,
0: uh, against the leeds I, I remember i was telling you i thought we might it might be a 2-2 draw
1: 6-2
0: 6-2 excuse me 6 you go 6-2 not 8-2 arsenal sorry <laughs>
1: but close well, enough and 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 it just it just sums it up man we go 6-2 against leeds we go and beat Everton with a Cavani strike, then we tie Lester. and it's just like, well, it's not. And then you win. To, you
0: you win today, but it's it's not. Yeah. It's sharp. not like you're right. It's it's not your convicted, or excuse me, it's not your you know, it's not a conv, it's, it's, it. Right, exactly. Right, it's not convincing.
1: I I did see you know a little bit of that old Sir Alex United team today. You know, pulling out points tonight was yep. it was very different than a Bengal yep. or they, a boys but
0: yeah they love a plus know. three they love a plus three
1: all right at the end <laughs> i um i just don't see the united team of, of old every single you know saturday or sunday so
0: yeah and today you know it was it seemed like they were just like the the last piece of the puzzle off it's like they would get all the way through the nine steps and it's like the last step they just would always just mess it up or or it would always just kind of be sloppy or just kind of mount to really nothing. Um, when, when I looked at the lineup today, I was happy for the most part. I didn't like Eric Baye in the back. I don't care if this is his third game in a row. Don't like him. Uh, I, I liked Cavani, uh, Fernandez, Rashford, Greenwood. I liked that combination a lot. Uh, I liked Pugba that he played. Um, Excuse me, I like that Pugla played and played pretty decently. I mean, he's not playing that bad for someone that wants to basically leave or allegedly leave. I right. mean, he could be playing a lot worse. We know that. Um, but but at the end of the day, you know, it's it, it's just the depth. Uh, unfortunately for Wolves, Jimenez is huge. A lot of games now for them with a, a, a very not really – deep Wolves team Nuno Espirito, Nuno Espirito Santo runs a pretty tight ship over there of, of 20 to 25 guys um, and, and normally if he can get the same guys in he will um, but with having Triore up front as a striker and Pedro Neto up front as a striker who's one of my favorite players this season really underrated player they're not out and out strikers so I wasn't really too nervous today uh, Ruben Neves always scares me cause he somehow manages to just, you know, volley one top bins against us every time we play him. It seems like, right. um, but you know, they, they, like you said, Alex Ferguson-esque, uh, they, they like to leave it late and they did today. And what pisses me off, and I think you're going to agree with me, is seeing Oleg Gunnar Solskjaer get up and start waving his fists around like he's the genius, like we've talked about before. Like I said, he'll sit there he'll sit there all game with his, his leg over his, his, you know, one leg over the other cross, just kind of like, eh, hey, what's going on? And then he pulls out a, a victory through Rashford. He's like, yes, I'm the genius. I, I've, I've done it again. And, and right. it's not really like that, is it?
1: Right, exactly.
0: But that's United talk for me.
1: Well, I, I think we had we we knew it was inevitable. We knew it was going to be coming up because yep. they are just they're just the to- the club you have to talk about. Um, but cool. All right, so my last topic is the Morgan yes. Shrimps. Yes, and your beloved shrimps. The beloved shrimps I fell in love with playing FIFA uh, in college. Um, a few buddies. We were gathered around the PlayStation. We are like, all right, let's play career mode with the worst team in the game. <laughs> the worst team in England. And Morecambe Shrimps, with a half-star rating and the worst ratings overall, we dove in and we brought them up to the prem. And from that day, I began researching researching, and just trying Fondering to understand.
0: Following and...
1: Right, right. And just with how easy social media is now, you know, it's very easy to find highlights, find clips, find the players, everything. Right. Um. So it's not always been peaches and cream for the shrimps. Um, Actually, when I was overseas in Aberdeen, I went and saw them, uh, and I watched their, their final home game of the season. Well, every Where? time
0: you bring up your international travels, I, like I feel like you've always been like everywhere, like at least three different times. Like I feel like you've been to Aberdeen four times. Like I, you've, I know you've been to Villa like six times. Like I don't know.
1: <laughs> it, it's it's a long list though. So you're going you're to going
0: it. to London. I know. I'm jealous of right. that. Not even for football.
1: Right. Right. Well, and we'll have to talk football. about
0: we'll have to talk about that another time. <laughs> we will we will we will we'll definitely mention that on another pod. We won't discuss it now, but we will we will definitely mention that for uh, an exit on on another pod.
1: All uh, right, yeah, that works. Um, but yes, yeah, so anyway. For that when I went over for that game, their last home game, um, they were in relegation battle. Uh, they ended up drawing, and then I was I was away um, for their last away game, and it came down to goal difference. They avoided relegation by three goals. Really. Um, and their goal difference, they would have been swept to the non-league football and never heard of again. Oh yeah. Um, and then, you know, they finished twenty-second this past year, and they they only went you know, avoid relegation because of a a points deduction for another team who you know was facing financial issues. So they stayed up, and this past weekend they won and put themselves in fifth with four points behind top spot. Um, they're on absolute tear. They still have negative three goal difference as the fifth team in the league, which is incredible um, when you think about that mathematically. They right. also are going to be playing Chelsea in the next round of the FA Cup, <laughs> uh, hey, which you, you can proudly watch. Hey,
0: Chelsea has been knocked out before, if you remember 2015. 4-2, uh, yeah. two. oh my gosh, who was it? Um it was back in 2015. It was the they were wearing yellow and like brownish black. I remember. I can't remember who it was, but yes, Chelsea have been knocked was out. of it in... No, not Yeovil. Um, I can't remember. I'll be here all okay. night thinking about it. But your shrimps do have a chance against Chelsea in an FA Cup match that isn't a quarter final or beyond.
1: Right, and it'll be on ESPN Plus, and I can't wait to watch my shrimps play. Um, but yeah, man, it's just been. Uh, really fun to follow another small or not another, but a small team in the Northwest of England. Uh, they're about an hour or so North of Manchester. Um, so this is kind of just a round table discussion for any listeners. Go out and find another small team. Go out and find. Most definitely. Don't, don't just go put on the badge of a team that you can buy at your local sports store. Go, go find a team that means something. I've been to Morecambe. I've, I've been to the games. Um, it's, it's so much more exciting when you have something invested in
0: it. Most definitely. Couldn't agree more with you, Will. Doesn't mean, you know, just because we're United supporters doesn't mean we only support United. Right. Uh, I've got of brain. Course. I've got brain. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyways, Will, uh, that is our roundtable discussion. Um, I, had, I had a great time, Will, as always. Um, but that is going to wrap it up. For this week's episode, we hope everyone has a happy and healthy New Year. Will, I wish you and your family a happy New Year as well.
1: You as um, well, my friend.
0: As, thank you very much. But uh, Will, I know you'll be back next week. I'll be back next week, of course. We'll have another great episode for you guys. But if you guys want to get in touch with us at the Small Baller on Twitter, um, if you uh, you know want us to talk about anything in particular, let us know there. Uh, where you listen to your podcast, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, all that good stuff. Find us there as well. Leave your comments there too. But besides that, guys, like I said, have a happy, excuse me, happy and healthy New Year, and we'll see you guys next year. Will you as well?
1: Yep. See you, bud. Up the yep. shrimps.
0: Of course. Peace, guys.